community is connecting with people and making them as excited about what you do as you are from hearing from them. I'm clapping over here. I love that. (laughs) Community is connecting with people and making them as excited as you are. Welcome to the Grounded Content Podcast. I'm your host, Marian Abrams. This is the show for you if you're a content creator, a content strategist, part of a content team, or if you're a founder, an entrepreneur, an executive struggling to make content that's effective for your brand. Today's guest is Jackie McDougall. She comes from a background in television, and today she runs the successful Grown Ass Woman's Guide community. And that's what she's here to talk about, community. Community is an important part of your content strategy. I'll let Jackie explain more. Jackie, I am so glad to have you on Grounded Content. This has been a long time coming. You are a friend, you're a colleague, you're somebody I admire in the podcast space, and I've invited you on specifically today to talk about your work with the Grown-Ass Women's Guide, and especially about the incredible work you do in building virtual and real communities around your brand. So I guess let's just jump in. Tell me, how do you define community in terms of the work that you do? Well, that's a great way to start because I think a lot of people see community as a group of people on the other side that you just spew all of your wonderful things to and they just like line up and go, yay. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so true. (laughs) But that's how a lot of people treat community. And for me, the community is equally as important in creating content as it is in being the recipient of that content. And so because this podcast is about content, I'm imagining there's a listener who's like, I am here to learn about tactical content. What does community have to do with that? What are some of the reasons that community from just like a purely business point of view, why is building a community matter? Well, at the basic human needs, we all want to be seen and heard right? We all want to feel connected. And if we've learned nothing over the past couple of years, it's very easy for something big to come in and just disconnect us all in the way that we're used to. And so building communities specifically online helps people feel more connected to other people who are like-minded. So for example, for the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide, I'm all about showing up like a grown-ass woman. And so the women in there identify as grown-ass women or want to be more of a grown-ass woman. And so community is the whole purpose for the brand and for the content because they're involved with the questions before. I had an episode recently about moving your body, not going to the gym, not doing CrossFit, not doing all these, you know, Spartan, which is amazing. But many women over 40 want to move their bodies in ways that are just more fun and maybe a little bit easier on the body. And so I asked questions And I got women sending me in videos. One of them does juggling to keep her upper body. Like, how cool is that, right? And another woman does belly dancing for incontinence. Like, I know that your audience is probably not all about incontinence, but like, I was learning from these people in my community. And without them, I wouldn't have this content. So basically, it's like a big circle. I ask them the questions. I find out what they need. I include them in the content I create this content and then I feed it back to them and then they're excited about it because they're part of the content. Their needs are first and foremost and they feel seen and they feel heard and they're like, I'm the one who said this and you just quoted me in your podcast. And so there's a lot of ownership 
And that helps too when you ask somebody to share the content. Listen, if I'm quoted in your podcast, you know I'm sharing it. So if I'm including my community in the content, they're a lot more likely and excited to be part of spreading the word about it. So they almost become ambassadors by bringing that community in and getting them really engaged and giving them a sense of ownership in your content. They become their own little army of ambassadors for you. Exactly. So maybe I have a YouTube channel. I've just started. Maybe I have an Instagram account I've just started or maybe a new podcast and I see the value in this. How do I start? How do you start to build a community and plant those seeds? The short answer is ask questions. You think you don't have a community of thousands of people online, and maybe you don't, but you have friends, you have colleagues, you have people in your community who need your product, need your service, need your content. But, you know, how many times do we create content in a vacuum and we're like, oh, I created this because this is what I need, and then crickets. And so I think it's really important to ask questions to understand what the needs and wants are of just people, because they may not necessarily be down the road your clients or your customers, but their answers matter. And I think you can gain a lot of information about what you're putting out there by asking the right people. Is it a Facebook group? Is it Twitter chat? Is it Zoom meetings? Like, What are some of the ways that you get that feedback from people that makes it a community versus a broadcast? know where your community already lives. So my community is women over 40. They are Facebook people. (laughs) My kids will remind me, (laughs) you know, no one cool is on Facebook. And so that's where I find my community, right? On Revel is, Revel is my event and community partner. That's where I host my events through their platform. It's literally meet up for women over 40. And so it's been really effective even in just the two weeks that I've been partnering with them. And so Those are places where I can find my audience. My audience is not on Twitter. I love Twitter for a variety of reasons, but not to necessarily to connect with my audience over there. Instagram, that's another one. Pinterest, like Pinterest has to be the most underrated social media platform. Maybe that's not where you're going to house your community, but you can find them there and bring them somewhere else where they may be. You know, the Pinterest people might be on Facebook. So you create a relationship over there. It's kind of like you meet somebody at a party. You walk into the party and you're like, oh, I like your top. And then you have a conversation about your business. And then you say, hey, you want to have coffee? And so Pinterest is the party where you're getting to know each other or you're at least getting to meet that person. So talk me through the virtual version of that. So say you're on Pinterest or you're on Instagram and that's the party. I love that analogy, right? And I'm like, hey, like your top. I love your top, Jackie. You look great. Or, you know, maybe it's not even about what you look like. It's like, hey, what you said was really brilliant. I support that. So kind of talk me through how that would work on Pinterest or on Instagram. If somebody came over and just said, hey, I love your brand, Grown Ass Woman's Guide, and here's a link to my podcast. I'd love for you to check it out. There's a 100% chance that I'm not checking it out. But if you come over and you say, hey, I see that you're, you know, create the Grown Ass Woman's Guide. What does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be a grown-ass woman? Or how did you start that? Or what is your background or something like that? I'm like, oh, thanks for asking. Well, here it is. And then I say, well, what's going on with you? I just checked. And now I just went over to their profile and I just saw what they do. And so they didn't have to promote themselves. I went over. So I have something to say. 
Like when you walk into that party, and I bet you do this really well, where you're like, oh, Jackie, this is Steve. Steve is also a podcaster, and he does this show, and Jackie lives in LA, and she does this show. And then we have something to start, right? So when I then go back to that person, and I've looked at their profile, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I love that post about blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing women will do if you do say, oh, that's a nice top. Well, I love your shoes. Like there's always a reciprocal sort of give and take. So let me give you an example. Imagine I just started a craft roasting coffee company and I have a little Instagram following and I'm really into it. And so I want to sell my coffee, but it's kind of artisanal. And now I started a podcast about craft roasting coffee and the whole artisanal hipster vibe. I now get it. I listen to Jackie. I'm like, yes, I need to build a community because I want to hear what my community is interested in. I want to create these ambassadors. Where would I start? How do I do this? I think, number one, who is that audience? Who is that customer? And they already exist somewhere else, very likely in another community. There are other communities out there. So what are their needs? What are their interests? What are they doing? Where are they spending time? You know, it's so cliche, that whole like customer avatar, but it's there for a reason. And then start to go into other communities. Not every community has to be started from scratch. And so where are these people spending time? Go in, be your brand. People like people. They don't necessarily want to be quote unquote sold to. So go into other communities and be the face of this brand and connect with people and don't sell, just be knowledgeable, share things. So how do I take that and build my own community from that? How do I do that in a way that's scalable for me? I'm like, I'm all day roasting beans and then I'm recording the podcast. Like I don't have time to spend 10 hours a day, you know, chatting in wherever these groups are. I don't think necessarily every single brand has to have a group. You know, not everybody has to create their own quote unquote community where it's back and forth. You can be part of a bigger community and still have something special. And so if you're this roaster, <laughs> events too. Grounded coffee. It's going to be grounded coffee. Right? <laughs> <laughs> grounded content and coffee. Yes. I love it. I'm already buying it. But, you know, get a booth at a local farmer's market. Get somebody who is interested in your product, who can speak and who can represent when you can't be there. Go into events where if you know that it's women who want to drink this coffee, sponsor an event or be at an event and give people free samples of espresso or coffee or whatever it is. Community doesn't have to be just this one online thing where you create a group and then everyone's just so happy about your coffee. Community is connecting with people and making them as excited about what you do as you are from hearing from them. I'm clapping over here. I love that. <laughs> Community is connecting with people and making them as excited as you are. And you're so right about this because I've had this conversation with someone who's like, I have to start a community and I hate building community. And I'm like, but you already have like a weekly Zoom chat and you started like a Slack channel you already have yes, community. That's community. Right, exactly. And she's like, oh, yeah. Right. So I'm so glad you brought it back to that. Like, community doesn't have to be like a Facebook group. Community can be these other forms of connecting. Community is also the community in which you live. Do you live in a place 
where they would be excited about this, where you can pour them a cup of coffee and have a conversation about whatever it is that you're interested in or they're interested in. Community is that connection. And just because I have a Facebook group and that's how my community started, number one, I don't think that that's a long game. For me, I want to connect more in other ways and in real ways and not just Facebook. I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, but community is finding the people that would be excited about your product or service or brand and then creating conversation that includes not necessarily around but includes your product or service or brand so that you can actually bring something to the table to connect. And you're not just like, oh, I just got into this community of 5,000 and let me tell you about my coffee. Yeah, that's the worst. So I have this coffee brand. I'm really excited about this and it's going really well. I'm killing it. But now I am so busy being the CEO of this coffee brand but I still want to have genuine, authentic community, but I don't have time myself to be involved. Are there sort of, I don't want to use the overused word, but are there authentic and genuine ways, grounded ways to grow community beyond myself? Like, are there any big brands that you see doing a great job at building community? Yeah, I have to talk about Peloton. <laughs> yeah, they are brilliant in creating community. And I'm not even just talking about communities created by the brand. I'm talking about communities created by those who love the brand. And they have trained their talent, their trainers, to engage in the community, to be part of the community, to encourage people. I mean, they build community on the bike just by doing these shout outs when somebody gets, you know, 100 workouts or 150 or some people are like 7,000 rides, you know? And so I got to say, no matter what you think of that brand, they're doing community really well because the people who are in it feel ownership over the product, taking the initiative to create their own brands and their own businesses around something that already exists. So I think that's a really great example. Yeah, that's a great example too of community at scale. The CEO is not out there like saying hi in Facebook groups. They have really built a system around the brand to expand that community. Right. And they're masterful at hiring people who create their own followings. You can go into any Peloton Facebook group and somebody's like new to it. Who do you like as an instructor? And you see all different types of people sharing who their favorite instructor is. And it might be because they're funny. It might be because they don't talk so much during the workout. It might be because they're older or they're British or they're, you know, a bike racer already, or they have specific types of classes. And so it's really interesting to see that connection being created. It's really powerful. That's a great example. And it's a great reminder that community can be in a lot of different forms. So you built Grown Ass Woman, And you now have a really vibrant, active community. I see whenever you post something, it gets lots of engagement. You've been doing these events. You have this great podcast. Tell me a little bit about how that happened. I know you built it. You renamed it. You know, what's that story like? Well, back when I was 45, so I'll be 51 in April, I accidentally said 40 Thrive. (laughs) And that's usually how my brands start with me misspeaking. (laughs) And so 
I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. At first I was like, oh, it could be an Instagram channel where I'm 40 thriving and people can follow me. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not that person, you know? I can't do that. And so I knew I wanted community. I knew I wanted women talking about the things that we're going through and just kind of up-leveling our lives. I know it's such a cliche term, but we get to a certain place in our lives and we're just sort of going through the motions. You know, we had so many goals in our 20s and 30s, and I found a lot of women were going through the motions. So I created this community, 40 Thrive, and then I continued to hear from mostly my TV colleagues, I worked in TV for 25 years, who had said to me lovingly, you know, it's a little softer than you are. I'm Boston. I've got 12 siblings. You know, we connect over this East Coast mentality. I'm outspoken. I sound like a truck driver. I am just blue collar Boston, moved to LA in my 20s. And I just, I have some things to say. And so I got that feedback that 40 Thrive was a bit soft for what I was doing. And I also noticed, because I was trying to be for everyone, any woman over 40, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, who wanted to come into my community, welcome, welcome, welcome. And that's not who I am. I am open-minded. I love having debate. I love having difficult conversations. But at the same time, I'm very specific on who I attract as a human being. And so trying to attract all of those people, right, go back to community, If you're trying to attract everyone, you're attracting no one. And so what I did, I took about a year and I was like, there's got to be something better, something better. And then little by little by little, it was grown ass woman. Like it kept coming back, grown ass woman. That's who I am. That's who I aim to be. I think it's a process. I find being a grown ass woman to be a practice, not a destination. And so grown ass woman was definitely part of it. And then I was having coffee with a friend. She said, what about the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide? I'm like, that is it. That's it. And there's community. It was built in community, right? The name came from community and friends. Exactly. And the best part about it is when I say the name of the podcast or the YouTube channel or the community, I either get lean in, tell me more, or I get lean out. (laughs) That is such a good piece of this, right? I think that's such an overlooked piece of what community building means. And it's really signaling or letting the public know this is for you or this is not for you because you can't have a community without some kind of focal point or commonality. Right. And I think that when someone leans out because it's not for them, I'm like, that's great because there's nothing worse than speaking to your community and you don't get any feedback. You put it out there and you're like, why aren't they responding? Well, when I shifted to something that was more me, it was more aligned with who I am. Women started speaking up and the other ones started stepping out. And I have no problem with somebody saying, oh, your brand is not for me. I'm like, okay, that's great. I would rather know that than try to include you constantly in my community when you don't want to be there. Right, because it dilutes your whole message, right? Exactly. And then you can't really go deep into anything. Right. And, you know, with your coffee company, you're not joining a group that's all about tea. No. If you're, if you're a tea drinker, we're not for you. Exactly. And so you have to find the community who is excited and looks at things, at least in this particular part of life, the, similar to you. You don't have to be the same. And because you have that 
want and that need to show up as a grown-ass woman, or at least to want to do that more, then you've got conversations that are much more authentic and much more fun to have. Even the guests that I have on the podcast, I used to get all these types of pitches before. Now I get very specific women because not everybody wants to be on the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide. And I'm okay with that because I want it to be someone who shows up in a certain way. So even that, even just in the guest selection, it has made it so much easier for me. Yeah, so that's a great point in so many ways, right? It's that signaling what's in and what's out. And also the value of a really clear name like that, that encapsulates so much of your brand. What I see is when women who historically have been told to look pretty and to shut up and not to show up and not to be too loud, not to be too extra, you don't want to be too smart. I mean, literally, we're from a generation where you didn't want to show if you're interested in boys that you're too smart because they might not be interested in you. And don't try too hard at anything because it's not pretty. <laughs> right? It's not attractive. You to don't want to kick his ass at sports. You no. definitely don't want to do that. And so we have been conditioned in a way to dim our light, to not be too much. And so if these women can come into the group and be inspired and motivated and be able to connect in a way that they can show up in their lives as a grown-ass woman. They can express their opinion. There are women who would come in and tell me that they don't even tell their families what they want for takeout night on Friday. They just keep it quiet and they just go with the flow. And they're suffering in silence. So if I can help someone show up as herself and speak up and be who she is, everyone else will benefit from that. And thank you for mentioning you know, inclusivity. If you identify as a woman, you are absolutely welcome to be in the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide. I'm not asking people any personal questions or things like that. Like I feel very strongly about giving a voice to a variety of women and however that looks. And so I think it's really important to have a safe place where you can be honest and you can be yourself. Like this is why you have this community. Because you just lit up and you're on fire <laughs> when you talk about this topic. Yeah. I love my community. So let me ask you, you have the Grown-Ass Women's Guide. Now, unlike my imaginary coffee roasting company, the community itself is your business. So how do you structure that? How do you balance sort of value for the community? And you put in a lot of work and time and it has to be valuable for you as well as a business. Yeah, that's taken me a long time to find that balance. I think to go back to the beginning of our conversation, including the community in the content makes them more excited to listen to the content and be part of the content. I also did a survey asking women what kind of content they prefer, audio, video, or written. And it was literally like 33% all the way across the board. And so I started supplying blog posts and transcripts and putting all the episodes video on YouTube. And so I think it's really important to listen to them. And when you do listen to your community and then you ask them for something, they're like, oh, okay, let me help because thank you so much. You see me and you hear me. I want to help you too. And I think also they're very savvy and they know that I got to run a business. And so there are sponsors and there are people that I bring in that are partners, and they do understand that. What do you think is missing in this conversation about community? I can't say enough that community 
is connection. You know, I've gone into Facebook groups that are for women over 40, and it's just a bunch of memes or over 50 or whatever it is. And they have so much engagement and they have, you know, a lot of likes and a lot of comments and a lot of back and forth. That's not what I'm looking for in community. I'm looking for when you run into somebody and they say, oh, I'm in your group, that if there's somebody who are active, I know exactly who they are. I really try to pay attention to the women in there and what they think and how they feel and what they need. And so community is everywhere. Community, it's online, it's at, in events, it might be in the grocery store. You know, I'm at the checkout and I'm having a whole full conversation with the cashier. By the end of it, sometimes they end up in my group, <laughs> you know, or they end up listening to the podcast, just not because I'm pitching myself or anything, but it's just, there's community and potential community everywhere. It is not one-sided. And so I can't say enough that listening and just being one of many is, for me anyway, the best way to be. Jackie, what should I have asked you that I haven't yet about building community? One of the things I think is important is that you don't need to be perfect at it. It's okay to make mistakes. I love experimenting with different kinds of content, different types of events. And some of them are way beyond what I could have even imagined. And other times it completely bombs. (laughs) And, And I was wrong. And I thought, wow, I really thought that they would like this. And they don't. And it's really a fun place to play and to experiment if you are open to not always getting it right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grounded Content Podcast. If you think this information about content, about community, about staying grounded would help someone you know, do them a favor and do us a favor and share it with them. We have lots of great guests coming up in the next few weeks. So I'll see you next time.